Welcome to Both Sides of the Medication Cart with Kate and Bill. The story of the girl most likely to succeed who ended up on the wrong side of the medication cart in a psychiatric hospital. This is Bill and Kate, Both Sides of the Medication Cart. Hello, Kate. Hello, Bill. How are you? I'm fabulous, thank you. Good. (laughs) Um, We are about... 20 odd podcasts in mm-hmm. uh, talking about your life loves of theatre uh, and how it led you to being hospitalised in, in a mental health unit. It did. Uh, you left drama school as the next Canadian grand dame of theatre mm. uh, and you ended up in hospital. Yes, I did. I was full of hopes and hopes and hopes and hopes and hopes and dreams. Hopes and, and dreams. In the last episode, we spoke about your third admission Mm -hmm. to the psychiatric unit, and we left you um, on what we can talk about in in theatrical terms, a cliffhanger. Yep. You were feeling very, very sad and vulnerable for the first time since the beginning of your Mm -hmm. journey of mental health. It stopped being a lark. It stopped being a bit of fun. It Mm. stopped being, oh, wow, this is crazy. Mm. And it became real. Tell me about that. Well... It became real, and uh, as I say, I was uh, hospitalized, and I tried to uh, leave. You know, I was ready to go home, and they said no. Now, I was a voluntary person, and I didn't realize that I could have just, um, you know, exercised my rights and left, but I didn't. And uh, so, you know, it was it was a time of, of great frustration. But what happened next, Bill? Is explain from this side of the medication card. Explain to me what do you mean by voluntary? One doesn't kind of... Oh, well, that I was in hospital, I had signed myself in, Ah, and so I could sign myself out. With psychiatric patients, if the patient is ill enough, they can do something called certifying them. Now, in this country, the UK, it's called sectioning, Mm -hmm. and that's where you take away the person's right to leave. Mm -hmm. So they are detained for their own good, mm-hmm. but generally against their own will. And I was never I was never certified, I was never sectioned, you know, which doesn't mean I was really ill, but I was never trying to leave when they said no. Right, okay. That explains it to me, because, I mean, nobody volunteers to put themselves in hospital, do they? Yes, they do. No, but I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking from this side of the medication car. If, if somebody said, I'm looking for volunteers to go to, you know... Oh, not like that. Yeah, that's but if what you're, I mean. If yeah. you're ill... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you go to, you go to hospital on your own yeah. uh, steam and your own volition I'm and with your you own now. rights. I'm yeah. With you. So there you are, third admission. You are voluntary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they doing to you? Okay. Well, they're they're looking after me. But what happened is they did discharge me. You know, finally, right? Um, and uh, I was sent home with a very nice packet of medication, and uh, I went home. And what happened was I couldn't settle. I I was physically uncomfortable. I was up, I was down, I was all around. I couldn't settle. I was just um, fidgety. I was anxious. I was, you know, when the door would, bell would ring, I would run and hide in the bathroom. So my mother and sister said, you're not right. You're, you're not right, Mm -hmm. you know, and they suggested that I go back to hospital and, and truly engage and truly get help. And then something happened in my family that was quite dramatic and let me explain it to you because it made a big impact on my mental health. My brother and sister were both chiropractors and they practiced together, mm-hmm. but it was Jimmy's practice. Sharon had joined him. 
And at this time, when I was extremely mentally ill and trying to get well, and my mother and sister were doing everything they could to help me, my sister went to work one day, and Jimmy, my brother, had changed the locks. He Of the building that he worked in? Of the building. In. He ah, okay. basically kicked her out with one swift kick of his boot. Mm-hmm. And why this impacted so strongly on me is that I realized that part of the reason why Jimmy was pushing away from the family, from my sister and, and whatnot, was because of my problems. He really found it extremely difficult to um, engage with me. He never came to visit me at the hospital and he had two daughters and he just didn't want them exposed to this bizarre behavior. Why do you think that was? Because well, he, he, he's a health professional himself. He's, yeah. He's a chiropractor. Yeah. Uh, he understands that people get ill. Yeah. He understands that people have ailments and illnesses. Well, I think... To be perfectly honest, Jim was the kind of person who he stigmatized mental health. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I, I can only speak from how he treated me, was that being mentally ill meant that you were weak. Oh, okay. That you were weak. But anyhow, how this impacted on me was because all of a sudden my sister had uh, no office, no business, right? No income. My mother and sister and I realized that Kate needed to get out of the way. I was in the way with all my mental health difficulties and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of decided that I should go back to hospital. And I needed hospital um, because I still wasn't well. I still, I had become ill. I was just going to ask that. Are they they making that decision based on your uh, behavior or are they making that decision based on your brother's needs at that time? Well, what happened was when I was first hospitalized, I wasn't ill. I was fine. I, you know, I'd had psychosis and whatnot, but I, I, I thought that I was fine. And it was over these past few months of being in and out of hospital and in and out of hospital that I got ill. Mm. You know, it's like hospital made me ill. So why we wanted to put me back in hospital now retrospectively, I don't know. And was it the right thing, you know, um, to expose me to all these these health professionals who are basically saying you're ill and you're going to be ill for the rest of your life and here you go you've got this diagnosis and you're going to have to learn to live with it i have to ask them from this side of the medication car did do you believe the hospital made you ill or were you just getting iller uh, as time went on do you know what bill that's a brilliant question and i really don't know i do believe that a hospital contributed to my illness Mm. it made me iller and i do believe that the turmoil that was happening in my family also made me ill because perhaps perhaps if i'd been able to just go home and settle with my mother and sister and if we have said to ourselves stay here stay here work it out work it out perhaps i would have gotten weller but now that was not an option my mother and sister you know were in absolute turmoil because of this closing down of the office and Jimmy rejecting the family and telling us to stay away and do you remember I went to the cottage near him and I disrupted his family life and oh you so, told me about that yeah one, so one, it one, was, one of it the was, early ones yeah. you know it was extremely difficult but it was somewhat justified you can somewhat see his thinking but anyhow what happened was we decided to put me back in hospital you know to sequester me and so I went back to hospital, and they kept me on the same medication. They kept me on the same... Can I just ask before... Yes, we, darling. From this side of the medication cart, uh, you 
the first three hospitalizations took place over a period of about maybe six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. No, a little bit longer than that. A little bit longer than that. Yeah. Okay, well, how long before the, the last discharge and this readmission? A couple of weeks. Okay. A couple of weeks. Okay. But here, I can really now place the time of where I was now, is I was in hospital, you know, uh, to help my mother and sister to stay out of their way, to let them deal with the, the dramas and traumas and whatnot of their lives, mm. right? Mm. And and the other thing I wanted to mention that I haven't mentioned, right, is my dad came to visit me a couple times, right? His day off was always Wednesday, had been forever and ever. And he would take me into the um, uh, uh, visitor's room and shout at me, shout at me, shout at me, so much so that, you know, nurses commented on it, right? And his shouting was, and his favorite quote was, pull your socks up. Why don't you pull your socks up? You've got to pull your socks up and get out of here and get on and get a job and become a bank teller. That was kind of the theme that um, now that I was no longer ever going to be an actress, what a stupid dream that was. You've got to get a job and you're good with math, so become a bank teller. And he just shouted down. So, so there was trauma from my dad. There was trauma from my brother. And my mother and sister and I thought the safest place for me was in hospital. I have to ask again, did they see you as weak? This is, this is what, why the, these, two, Definitely. these two men were Definitely. getting at you. Definitely. You know, that if I just put one foot in front of the other, if I just got up and went for a run, I'd be fine. And if I just pull my socks up you know, and, uh, and uh, um, perk up and get better. And, you, you know, so so it was very difficult. My mother and sister were much more sympathetic and empathetic. But, you know, the family was in turmoil. And my brother Jeff, let's not forget my brother Jeff. My brother Jeff just stayed out of it. He just stayed out of it. You know, he didn't come and visit me. But the he thing didn't is, call me. You, you went to drama school as... Uh, Kate the Great, and 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 you were mm-hmm. you know Katie, mm-hmm. and and you were happy go lucky, you were bouncy, you were bubbly. So that's what they remember. Mm-hmm. That's what they remember. I mean, you've got to look at it from this side of the medication card. Mm-hmm. That's what they remember. And you came back after two or three years mm-hmm. broken. I did. You I came did. back broken. Absolutely spot and, on. And they saw the signs of you being broken, but mm-hmm. you didn't. No, no, you I did didn't. not. So, I mean, their reaction to me mm-hmm. sounds, in a way, not justifiable, mm-hmm. um, but also, but it sounds typical. Mm-hmm. Let me say that mm-hmm. for people that don't really understand. And this is why we're doing these podcasts, both sides of the medication cart, for your husband of 27 years <laughs> almost to still try and understand mm-hmm. what happened to you. Yeah. Well, Part of what happened to me, and I hold my hand up to it, was my family was a mess, you know. And so I didn't have a safe place to get well. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, this is, this is what I want to talk about today, is the biggest trauma. The biggest trauma is about to happen. I went back to hospital and I got discharged after about a week, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they basically said to me, you cannot use this place as a hotel, Kate. Okay. And they said, you are well enough that you should be at home. So they sent me home, and I remember it vividly. It was now October, and my mother and sister, we celebrated, oh, Kate's home. Yeah. And my sister barbecued some steaks. It was a Friday night. I was discharged on Friday night. Yeah. 
And my sister and my mother and I bonded over the drama and the trauma of my brother locking the office. My sister did a heroic thing. She bought another house. She bought a house. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> she bought a house that was big enough that she would be able to set up her chiropractic office in the garage or garage, as we like to mm-hmm. say in North America, mm-hmm. right? So here we are. I got discharged. Sharon bought a house. We figured it all out. We said, hey, ho to the men. And we were going to the three of us triumph with life. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that Sharon did was she got the scissors and I had a hospital bracelet. We had hospital bracelets at the time, right? And she cut the bracelet and it was a celebration. And we had the steaks and we had a glass of red wine. I know I shouldn't be drinking on medication, but we had a glass of red wine. And the three of us laughed and we bonded and it was wonderful and it was beautiful. And I remember that Sharon lit a cigarette at this point in time. People smoked in their houses, right? She lit a cigarette and she took it from her mouth and she flipped it and she put the the smoking end to me and she gave me this cigarette and I took the cigarette and then she lit another one for herself. And it was the biggest bonding moment ever. It sounds like a scene out of one of those um, it uh, was. chick flick movies. It, it was total, where, where totally the, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, where the we sis- are bonding, The babe. sisterhood get together and, and support the one that's in, in crisis. That's what it was, right? Anyhow. I have to ask, though. I have to ask. How was your mental health at this point? I thought I was brilliant. I was fine. I was dandy. I was cured. I was discharged. It was Friday night. But here's what happens. My next memory, my next memory after the cigarette, right, is my mother saying to me, did you take all this medication, right? And I have only a snapshot of that, that my mother had my bottle of medication and she said, how many did you take? How many did you take? My next memory, I'm in hospital, chained to the bed. So you went from steak and red wine, mm-hmm. and then you wake up in hospital chained to a bed. I did indeed. What do you mean chained to a bed? I was in what's called full body restraints. And what that is, and I've told this story many times around the world, I had leather shackles around my wrists, leather shackles around my ankles, half-inch thick chains, and those chains were chained to the side of the bed. So I was spread eagle, chained in this bed, in the hospital. I knew I was in hospital. I recognized it by now. And that's what happened. I woke up. It was three days later. It was Monday. And I was in chains. Now, forgive me. I have seen these images in Victorian books about uh, mental health and the asylums. I have seen these images in dreadful Hollywood movies mm-hmm. made about the subject of mental mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. But from this side of the medication car, and I, I can honestly say hand on heart, I'd never until I met you met mm-hmm. anybody who had actually been physically chained yep. to the bed. And the next memory is me screaming, pulling on the chains, etc. And two nurses came in to tend me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see them properly they were a blur and behind them was a bright orange light and each of these two nurses had in their left ear a hearing aid it was like i had an angelic vision 
Now, I recognize that they were nurses, but at the time, I was not so sure. And my next memory is I was conscious and I was in chains. So this stage of your treatment, Mm -hmm. right, this is treatment that you didn't know you were going to get because the last memory you've got, you're having steak and red wine and having a a giggle with your mum and sister. The next stage of your treatment is that they put you in chains Mm -hmm. in hospital Mm -hmm. and you're hallucinating. Well, or I'm seeing... Yeah, I guess we could call it hallucinating, yeah. Had they medicated you at this point or just changed? I believe I was heavily medicated. Now, I have no memory of this, but my sister apparently came to visit me. And when she did, she said that my eyes were completely um, uh, uh, swollen. Mm -hmm. And she took off her crucifix and she put it round my neck. I want to leave this one there, Kate, because this is kind of, um, this is quite a leap. Mm-hmm. This is quite a leap from red wine, steak, party time with the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last thing you remember is lighting a cigarette or sharing a cigarette with your sister. And then, boom, you wake up and your sister's there putting a crucifix around your neck. Boom. Okay, I'd like to thank you for your openness and honesty on this one. Uh, Bill and Kate, both sides of the medication cart. And every time I talk to you, I'm getting more and more educated as to why and how you became the woman that you did. I'd like to say, mother of my children, my best friend, <laughs> thank you ever so much for sharing your story. Thank you, with Bill. Me today, yo, oh, it goes on, it goes on, ladies and gentlemen. Bill and Kate, both sides of the medication cart. Don't forget to join us next time when we're going to continue the story of how and why Kate, the girl most likely to succeed, is now back in hospital chained to a bed being visited by angels and given crucifixes thank you very much Kate thank you